Welcome to Parenting for the Everyday. Hear that Christmas music. It is my favorite time of the year. Uh, today on this episode, we are, it does have a Christmas, a Christmas theme to it. As a little disclaimer before we get started, if you are listening with little ears around, we are talking about the big man in the red suit. Um, so if you want to alter when and where you listen, here is your time to do that. It can be a controversial subject, which is why we want to talk about it. We don't ever want to be a place that shies away from those hard conversations. Um, Because Santa is such a hot topic, we actually decided not to have a guest today. So we're doing something a little bit different. But we just wanted to have an organic conversation to talk about uh, all things Santa. So I'm Holly Dykandrew, and we have my co-host, Becca Alvarez, is here. And then our executive producer, Sarah, is in the room, too. Um, So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Guys, how are we feeling about talking about this right now? I'm sweating a little (laughs) bit, if I'm being honest. I I just, again, think it's a hot topic and I'm nervous um, just to be able to share well. Yeah. I'm excited, though. Like, I'm glad that, like, in your intro hall, you said we don't want to shy away from hard topics. So I'm glad we're talking about this because I think a lot of parents are thinking about it. What, in your opinions, makes this a hot topic? Makes... Santa such a hot topic and such a difficult thing to talk about. I think for some parents, um, Santa, well, one, Santa's everywhere. Yeah. Right. So we're never going to avoid Santa. Like you're going to have to have the conversation with your kids. But I think for us as Christians, um, we struggle with, well, how do we do that well? Because we know what Christmas is all about. We know it's about Jesus and the birth of the, his birth and everything that surrounds that. But um, it's hard for especially young kids. We can't just ignore Santa. Mm-hmm. I think it's the tension that we feel between celebrating Christmas with Jesus at the center, but also do we do we invite Santa into our house? Do we not? What, yeah, I think that's kind of the tension that a lot of families feel. Yeah, it also gets into like traditions. And so mm-hmm. if you grew up one way and you marry into a family that does something different and you loved the way you did it or you didn't right. love the way you did it, it just brings a lot more emotion behind it than a typical decision of like, hey, should we do this for our family? I just think it's a lot more weighted than maybe we realize. It also feels like there's a little bit less like gray area with Santa. It feels mm-hmm. like people that do Santa do pretty all out Santa and people that don't are like, we don't do Santa and we will never do Santa, you know? And so it it's, it's a there's just the not, sand. there yeah. is a line in the sand and it's an interesting interestingly placed line that we have decided to have there. So with that being said, what did everyone do in their family or in their current family? I I had an interesting uh, way that we did it in our family. We were kind of like half in, half out with Santa. So you were the gray area. We were the gray area. You just said there was no gray area. (laughs) I think there can't be. Um, So I think we, I fully, I grew up in a home where Christ was at the center. So there was no confusion about what Christmas was all about. Um, But I think my parents did some like fun things in order to bring um, kind of some I guess, magic, if you want to say, uh, to Christmas. And so it was like really subtle there. You know, we weren't like, oh, like, I don't remember going to the mall and sitting on Santa's lap. I don't remember writing a list to Santa or anything like that. Um, 
But we just did small things. Like we did leave a plate of cookies, you know, for Santa on Christmas Eve. And then my dad would take like, he would put his fingers in like fudge or icing or something. I, I already know. love it. I already I know, love it. I know. And would leave like those fingerprints on the fireplace. And so Fantastic. again, I think my sisters and I always knew that it was my dad, but we just would, you know, you would just come downstairs and giggle and be so excited. And then we'd always get one gift from Santa under the Christmas tree, um, which was super exciting as well. But that was, I mean, that was kind of the extent of it. It didn't really go much beyond that. What did you decide to do with your kids? Yeah, I would say it's, I I think it's interesting that you guys said, because it's kind of the way that you grew up, right? Mm -hmm. It's very much informs what you do uh, with your own kids. So we have kind of done the same thing. Like we've really centered on Jesus. Um, and I don't think my kids have ever been confused. I don't think um, my children ever questioned, oh my gosh, are you saying Santa isn't real? It was just one of those things that we had fun with. So we've done the same thing. We have put a plate of cookies you know, out at Christmas Eve and Matt's the one who writes a little note back to the kids. Um, he has actually gone on on the top of our roof and <laughs> done jingle bells at Christmas Eve. Yes, and did the whoo whoo whoo. And again, like they I knew want, it was him. They yes. did, but there's their smiles yeah. and the excitement. And I mean, what's ironic is that is happening after we've gotten home from church, you know, on Christmas yeah. Eve. So I think, and then we we have done the same thing. We have carried on the tradition of one present uh, from Santa. What about you, Beck? So in my family with my parents, uh, Santa never really was a thing. Not that I remember. Uh, never, I never remember believing in him. I never remember there being a huge deal about it. But I also never really remember being like so against him either. We would go to the mall and see Archie, the snowman. Not Santa, who's actually like pretty creepy. I don't even know. Who oh that my is. word, you Chapel Hill Mall! That at oh my Chapel gosh, Hill Mall, no. which red look. eyes light up. Yeah, yeah. It was that oh yeah. It like oh yeah. Things of your nightmares. Um, but it was never. It, I think my parents did a really good job of just never really making it a thing. Um, so very very vague memories of that as far as my family did you ever feel like you were missing out like when you were around other kids no I feel like like I maybe watched movies with him in it but he was nothing more than a make-believe character as was everyone else in the movie Uh, but there was never we never got gifts from Santa there was no evidence of his no jingle bells no jingle bells on the roof (laughs) Pastor Joe was not on our was not on our roof Um, that's unfortunate With my family right now, obviously our boys are really, really small. And I think we're still kind of trying to figure it out. I make jokes because my um, husband's family are big believers in Santa and like they do it and they have presents from it. And so I make jokes that my kids are going to be really confused when Santa only visits them in Texas every other year. Uh, So this is a great conversation for me to have as just trying to figure out the intention of our parenting and moving forward and how we will do it. Miss Holly, yeah. what about so, you? Uh, we grew up doing Santa Claus. I also grew up in a uh, very Jesus-centered home. And so we um, both knew Christmas was about Jesus 100%. There was no doubt. But we also did a lot of fun things with Santa. Um, it, it, was, it was a positive experience for me and my brothers. And so I took that positive experience. And then in my own family, um, we do kind of the same thing. Uh, I'm 
pretty intentional and also pretty over the top. And so I don't ever do any Adding a little bit of extra. I don't ever do anything halfway. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it big. Um, but my husband and I have spent like a significant amount of time just thinking about the way we did it. And uh, he grew up in a family that didn't do Santa Claus. And so even uh, explaining to him, hey, this is how we did it. This is how uh, my parents did it and how we think they did it well and kind of then translating it um, into our own family. I love that. And I think it's so much of what all of us have said it different in different ways is just the intention behind whatever the belief was. Um, so let's just talk through what is the criticism of Santa? What makes this such a big deal? Yeah, I think... Uh, people feel that Santa will rival Jesus yeah. at Christmas. And so uh, as Christians, we should feel tension if we think that's true, that it would that anything would rival Jesus um, is something that we uh, are teaching ourselves to, to turn from things that rival Jesus in our lives. And so I think that is the a big one. Um, as Christians, we want to feel how we need to sort that out. I think the language that's used so often, too, when this topic is brought up, uh, can really elevate emotions. I often hear the idea of like, oh, well, you're lying to your yeah. kids. And that word, I mean, telling someone that they're lying to their kids is such a strong thing. I think it obviously would bring up some defensiveness. Um, so I think that can add just, like you said, the tension and kind of elevating emotions. Um, and I do think it's really interesting. There's so many things around the Christmas holiday season that can potentially rival Jesus's birth oh, and the real right. message. And it's funny that we put all of our eggs in the Santa basket so often when even just the consumerism and the getting of Christmas can also rival that birth of Jesus and the giving of what that holiday really is. Yeah. And sometimes I think, yeah, Santa draws out that consumerism yeah. like it can, like make a list, yeah. everything that you want, put it on there, you know, and then the idea that you need to perform yes. for those right. gifts. So like, oh, you better be good right. or, you know, you don't want to get coal in your stocking. I think those are things that get in the way of of doing Santa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I agree wholeheartedly with both of you. Um, I was just going to, what Holly said, I think the message of Santa making a list like of good kids and then the naughty kids who get coal or whatever it is. Sees you when you're sleeping. Yeah, I mean, which again, that's a little creepy. Pretty creepy. Um, but I think for us, us as parents, we're like, oh, I don't want to parent that way because that feels yeah. manipulative, right? It feels very performance based and all these things. And so I think that's a huge criticism of Santa, which I think we would all agree. Yeah, mm -hmm. we wouldn't mm -hmm. um, use that in our own homes. I'll throw one more out there. Um, you know, who gets the credit for buying the gifts Ooh. yeah and so like if i spend all this time picking out gifts for my kids and i know they're gonna love and then i gotta give the credit to the the man the fat then, man with the white beard then, you know <laughs> i'm like what the heck and they're like santa's the greatest i'm like no it's me <laughs> so <laughs> i think that's another you know small but tension that we could feel yeah yeah what are some reasons to tell your kids about santa um, well, I don't like the term tell your kids about Santa because um, I think that feels more like the deception that we were talking about and in, in kind of like an intentional deception. Um, I allow my kids to hear about Santa and then I allow them to stay in the make-believe um, without correcting them. So it's this idea of letting them kind of play make-believe and the fun in that. Similar to, you know, when I took my kids to Disney and they melt 
they met Elsa and Anna, I didn't walk away and tell them like, hey, you know they're in a costume. You know they're not real. You know the story of Frozen is just made up. Um, so I just allow them to stay entertained in that fairy tale for a window of time. So I think that magical um, essence of Christmas is is part of um, one of the reasons that I think it's fun to do Santa. Similar to the way that Santa is in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, right? He's been kept out of Narnia this whole time by the White Witch because it's always winter and never Christmas. And then he's the first sign that her powers are weakening. And so he becomes this beacon of hope. Um, He's the one that brings the gifts to children to prepare them for Aslan. And so I do think Santa can be something fun that we use in our house to point to a bigger truth. Mm -hmm. And I I think um, if we look at history... Santa is based out of a historical figure, mm-hmm. right? So it's not it's not that I mean we have created Santa to become this. Yeah, the culture this has changed. changed. Yeah. Yeah, Santa from what he who he was. Um but I think it really it's going to be really hard for us to avoid having the conversation mm-hmm. about Santa. You know, the question is why tell your kids about it? I think one, it's just he's everywhere. Yeah. You know, he's in a lot of Christmas movies and really great Christmas movies, mm-hmm. um, you know, in songs, <laughs> um, all different things. So I think it's like you're going to have to have a conversation yeah. with your kids about Santa. I think what we're talking about is, well, how much do we invite him into our home? Yeah, what's interesting about the history part is the way that Santa is now is that consumeristic, it's all about giving me, get what do I get, what do I get, what do I get? And actually the the historical part of St. Nicholas is that it's a little bit tragic, but like his parents died and he has all this wealth. And so what he decides to do is to um, help people, uh, people in poverty and people who are in bad situations, and he gifts them anonymously. And so there is kind of a cool story to let your kids see the joy of giving in the midst of a time that feels consumeristic and also can be hard uh, monetarily for families to stop and be like, hey, how can we bless this family? So I think that's another reason that you could tie in the, the stories too. Holly, once when we were talking about this, even in like the preparation for this podcast and we were explaining like my family never did it and your family did. And I was asking you questions about the that lying aspect of it. And you told me that you never feel like you lie to your kids. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah. I also want to give a disclaimer. Like I've said, we do Santa Claus in our house, but I just want to make it really clear. Like Santa should never compete with Jesus. So if you get in a situation where you feel like it is, you may need to stop and reevaluate the way that you're doing it, or even maybe switch something up or the intentionality behind it. Um, Because as I grew up, there was no doubt in my house what Christmas was about. We talked about Jesus every day. Even now with my kids, we do an Advent leading up to Christmas um, where we're really building into this anticipation of the best gift that we could ever Mm -hmm. receive. Um, But I don't don't ever lie to my kids. Um, I answer every question they ask. Um, sometimes it's a little bit of a roundabout way. And, and that's where I think people can draw a line where it's like, if, if, if my kid said, Hey, how does Santa get down the chimney? I would most likely say, what do you think? How does Santa get down the chimney? Or I might say, okay, if I were Santa Claus and I was going down the chimney, I would make the chimney turn into a magical slide that made it go down. Um, and so I, I do feel like I told that line. Now, two out of three of my kids, uh, know that Santa is, is completely a make-believe character. And so my kids, those two kids have asked me direct questions and said, is Santa real? Do you put the presents under the tree? And when those conversations happen, I 
I answer them no matter what the age is or where mm-hmm. we are, I would say, yes, I, I put the Christmas <clears throat> under the tree. Santa Claus is not real. And so, um, and that's a very similar way to the way that my parents did it. And so I never grew up feeling deceived because mm-hmm. again, back to the analogy of like Anna and Elsa with your three-year-old, mm-hmm. when they find out that Arendelle is not a real place and that, you know, snowmen don't talk to you they're not like devastated by that it's kind of a part of growing up and so that's the way that we Mm -hmm. approach it in our house you told me even about your conversation with Addie and I really love even what you asked her when she was asking you really direct questions of do you still want to be pretend make believe or are you ready for the truth and I think that that's so good too because you're maintaining this idea of like we are make believing and make believe is fun and you want your children to play make-believe that's how they learn that's how they have creativity um so just trying to find your boundaries and your own personal family i think it's a really really important thing yeah and and honestly it's a little bit like i said two out of three um so i have one one little one left that is um this will probably be our last year um but the other two really love being a part of it and just being you know just getting to kind of uh play make-believe with him, you know, even though they're coming at it from different places. Right. Well, and I think Santa for, for like, even I hear this and what Holly, you're saying, and I think, um, I know it's true of me, but Santa feels like this part of make-believe, I mean, that's what we see so much in books, right? Like mythical, fictional books. I mean, our kids just fall in love with that stuff because mm-hmm. they like to imagine what it would be like when you um, reference the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. If you read that book with your kids, it's like this magical place that you're entering into Mm -hmm. but what c.s lewis did through those books was pointing back to the gospel now i am not claiming that santa points us back to the gospel (laughs) please hear me i'm not saying that but i am saying that i think it is possible for us to parent and allow our kids to enjoy imagination and Mm make-believe and not confuse them as to what is true yeah Um, especially as you said, and I think we've all been saying this, like Jesus is part of our home 365 days of the year. It's Mm -hmm. not even just the 30 days or 20 days leading up to Christmas. It's part of every part of our parenting, everything. And this is just something fun we do to bring joy, you know, Mm -hmm. to our kids. I don't think we've allowed this to become um, kind of like the, the center of our wheel, like Pastor right. Joe talks about. It's just, it's 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 an added extra. I actually love that you just said that because the thought of like Jesus is 365 days a year. Now, I would say, I wonder if some of the confusion comes where Jesus is only in December when you mm-hmm. start doing Advent things Christmas. in December yeah, yeah. and at the same time you start doing Santa. I could see where the competition sure. yeah. um, could sneak in there and I could see where there could be some confusion. But if you're intentional all year round where like your whole heartbeat of your house is going towards Jesus, um, fun for, you know, 30 days out of the year. Right. May not compete with that depending on how yeah. you, how you do it. How you, you said that two out of the three now, no. Uh, how did you talk to your two that know that Santa is a make-believe character and how to keep that alive for your youngest? So how should we talk to our kids? If you're, if you're not doing Santa, what are some practical ways that you can talk to your kids so that they know, but they're also not kind of telling everyone else about it. Yeah, I'm. I don't know if I'm the best one to answer because I'm probably a little bit um, harsher, uh, maybe than other parents would be in this category. We'll see. But um, I, 
have reminded my kids, like, hey, do you remember, especially Cameron, I mean, he's going to be 14, so it's been several years of him. Although I'd like to add, Homeboy still loves to make reindeer food with us. Okay, He's you. still doing the sprinkles and the and the glitter. You know, he's I rolling his eyes. He's what rolling his eyes, but he's still there. do but reindeers eat? They eat anything with sparkle. Okay. Uh, they eat sprinkles. Sometimes we throw oatmeal in for some oh. nutrition because yeah. yeah. it's a long Sustenance. flight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I know with him, I've had more conversations and he would be more likely to um, maybe rattle some cages than some of my other kids. But um, we, I've said, hey, do you remember how much fun it was for you? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't ever want to take that fun from mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've said that. And then I've also said it's not and this is where I said harshly, it's not your place to have those conversations about Santa with other kids because you don't know what is going on in their home. And it's their mom and dad's um, decision of when to have those conversations and what conversations they're having, whether pro-Santa or against Santa, whatever they're doing, um, it's their job and it's not your place to do it. And I've gone so far as to say, if you do that, you will have a consequence because I'm mm. telling you that that's not an okay behavior or an okay conversation. And so my daughter has, she's a twin, right? And so she's actually followed up and said, well, what happens, you know, when, you know, someone's asking me or Chase is talking to me and asking me. And so I, I have said, that's when you say like, let's go ask mom about it. Let's, let's, let's have yeah. mom come in the conversation. And so I would encourage them with their friends when they ask questions to be like, oh, have you talked to your mom and dad? Ask your mom and dad what they think um, to kind of, Uh, help ease that I mean I think it's all about you know teaching our kids to love their friends well you know and I think that starts on you know way back and it's not just encompasses things like Santa I think it's when there's differences of any kind like our first inclination shouldn't be to judge or to say you're wrong or um your parents have been lying to you (laughs) Whatever, whatever that is. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I think, yeah, just always guiding our kids to have to be kind. Um, And I think a lot of things like we need to understand that not every family um, works the way our family does, even in the Christian community, even in the church Mm -hmm. community. So to be respectful of that, even if it looks different, it doesn't mean that they're wrong and we're right or anything like that. It just means that we need to be careful um, on how we're interacting. So not to hurt another friend's feelings. Yeah. I don't want my kids to default to like a spirit of correction. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to break this idea of like, Oh, someone has a wrong belief and I need Mm -hmm. to fix it. Like, there are times for truth conversations and there are times for not. So that's really, I think the bigger question is to what you said, Sarah, how do we teach our kids to be good friends Mm -hmm. to people who have different beliefs about anything? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bigger, it's a bigger topic than just about Santa. Okay. So if, if you're in a household that does not want to participate in Santa and does not want to do Santa, what are some other ways that you can have fun throughout the Christmas season, invite magic into your household during the Christmas season? What would you guys say? I love this question. Uh, I've used this quote on here before because it's just who I am. But it says the difference between extraordinary and ordinary is just a little extra. And so I think what makes Christmas magical, I'm using air quotes, you can't see me, is this idea that's out of the ordinary and it's special. And yeah. so if you do a couple of things here and there, like don't get caught up and commit yourself to doing some crazy thing where every day you've got to do something that you can't fall through. Is that you know, a lesson that you've learned personally? No, <laughs> of course not. Um, but yeah, if you do something like special – 
And that all of a sudden feels magical. And it feels like, oh, this is, I love Christmas because we do our Christmas movie countdown. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're watching all the Christmas movies and that's something to look forward to. Or we're going to go look at Christmas lights and we're going to go in our pajamas and we're going to do a scavenger hunt and we're going to compete as a family. Um, like, I just think you can still make Christmas cookies even if you don't put them out at the chimney. So just think doing things, um, intentional time with your family and just making them feel more special because you've turned Christmas music on when you're cooking dinner. Like, you'd be surprised at how all of a sudden the mood changes when, you know, you start cooking dinner and you're dancing and singing Deck the Halls. All of a sudden your kids are like, okay, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, they might roll their eyes. But deep down they think it's fun. Um, so, yeah, I think just doing uh, pops of fun throughout December make it feel magical yeah and I think those things will even morph as your kids get older yeah because I'm on the other end of parenting and I think some of the things we've done like I I could my kids have come to me like well, what aren't we gonna do like aren't we gonna make the cookies aren't we gonna do this and I'm like yes okay and just like they they treasure those memories mm -hmm. you know and it's not it's not even about the things it's just about those traditions and getting to do those and one of the things that we started even when the kids were really really young I mean I have four kids so they each pick a name in the hat it's you know it's pretty obvious who has who at a certain <laughs> point but whatever but we always make this big big deal about going um out one night we go out to eat to a nicer restaurant and then we go shopping and uh the kids use their money it's their money it's not money we've even given them it's they've earned it whatever and um they take such meticulous care in buying that gift for their sibling and then that's the like on christmas morning it's like i want to give my gift i want to give my gift and i mean there is just like small ways that you can incorporate the joy of Christmas, the magic of Christmas, um, outside of Santa. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I love I love that tradition that you guys have, Sarah, because um, it also speaks to just the giving aspect, you know, right. and it kind of reverses what society teaches us of like, you should get, you should get, you should get. Right. This is really taking that pause and teaching your kids how to intentionally give, which I think yeah. is really such an important message during the Christmas season. Yes, the focus of Christmas should be on Jesus. Like that's yes. number one, right. hands down. If anything is competing for that, right. you need to stop and reevaluate it. Right. It doesn't have to be Santa. It could be something yes. else that competes with that. Whatever it is needs to evaluate it. Um, but I love the mixing up, uh, the breaking against the mold of society, of, mm -hmm. of the getting and the giving. And so even this idea like of being so excited because you picked out a present. Mm -hmm. But I even think like slow it down. So like everybody doesn't need to open at the same time. Like what if you took some time and Sarah, as you were opening your presents, I get to sit here and be like, oh, so Sarah likes this. It just helps me to get to know you mm -hmm. more. And I can when you get really excited about a gift, you know, you can't help but to be like, oh, I'm excited if you're excited. Yeah. And so I, I think, yeah, that's another another way too. So ladies, where did we land on this conversation? On the Santa conversation? Where did we land? I'm always <laughs> so tempted because of my job at church just to say Jesus. That always feels like the right answer and whatever. It is the right answer for this particular topic. And I think just reiterate, that's exactly what Holly said. Like, Hey, it's always going to be about Jesus. Yeah. Like we're never going to move off of that or, um, compromise, you know, mm -hmm. something to, um, not have the focus on Jesus. And I would say like lean into this time at, church with mm -hmm. Christmas because there's going to be so many cool things that are happening and it's always the focus will be on Jesus. So 
especially if you're feeling like, oh, I don't know how to do that well, like lean into the church and the resources there to help you do that well. Um, as far as if you are really struggling with making Jesus the center, because I, I don't want to, I don't want to assume that it's like, oh, everybody who's listening has that part figured out. Um, but I think we're also saying, hey, it's okay to uh, bring some fun into your home. Um, and I think you can do that without confusing your children and saying like, oh, this isn't about Jesus anymore. Yeah, I totally agree. And for me, like, I think the two really important things about this topic is to piggyback off what Sarah is saying is just do it with intentionality. Whichever way you're going to land your plane in your house, do it with intentionality. Don't let culture be what sweeps you up and what makes the the decisions for you. Um, and then two, I just don't think Santa Claus should be something that becomes divisive. And so I don't think it should be something that breaks relationships, that causes, uh, I don't know, fights mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, hard feelings over Christmas. And so if families are doing something different than you, when we toe a line and say, you know, this is wrong, this is unbiblical, I think that's really dangerous. That's a dangerous water to be in. I agree with you guys. I think that, that <laughs> I think as a young parent, I think you are still just like figuring right. so much out. And I love that's why I love conversations like this, because I don't think I would have recognized Santa as being as having so many different opinions or needing something that has so much intentionality behind it. But it challenges me to think through it and think through what I want for my boys and my family. Um, so I'm grateful for this conversation and hopefully our listeners feel the same way. I know that it is a hard thing to hear whether you have the same opinion or a different opinion. I just think there's a space for everyone to talk about it. And that's why I love having this space and being able to share it. Yeah. And the conversation can continue. You can um, visit us on Instagram or Facebook at Parenting for the Everyday um, and drop your questions or comments. um, And we can keep kind of talking it through as a community because we're all in this together. This has been Parenting for the Everyday. Thank you for listening. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.